And rather than walk into DEI work feeling ashamed of, you know, who I am um, or who I was born into, <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I get to use that as a tool for advocacy. Welcome back, Change Talk listeners. My name is Hannah, and today we're going to be talking about the process of DEI awareness, so learning about what diversity, equity, and inclusion means and building awareness. Today we have Sylvia. Welcome, Sylvia. Hi. Hi. How are you feeling? I feel great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So what do you do at Bridges to Change, and how long have you been with the organization? So I'm a recovery mentor in Washington County, and I've been with the organization two years. What do you love about your job? Oh, I love you know, I love the process of growth, um, watching um, participants I work with grow, and also having the ability to grow personally in what I do. And kind of being a part of whatever that means for somebody. Absolutely. It takes on many different roles with everybody. So so right before we started to record, you said that you had made an intentional shift in your language from client to participant. Can you talk about that? That's true. Um, so we've been, that's been a discussion that has happened uh, at many different tables I've sat at, right? It has to how we address people that we work with. Um, using the word client seems really business-like. It's not really the relationship we're trying to build, you know, having a personal relationship that, um, and they're just participating in the process. Um, it sounds so much better. Uh, it feels better. It, it's a shift in perspective of what we're doing and the services that they're receiving. So it also sounds like a shift in, uh, power mm -hmm. in thinking about what a client, um, what that means versus somebody who there's a partnership there and, and we're, we're participating together in whatever that process looks like. Absolutely. What does DEI awareness mean to you and what's that process been like? I am, um, I am the new scribe for our equity and inclusivity committee. Um, I took on a position um, for the committee to not just be of service, but also uh, make sure that I'm there every month. So I took on some responsibility to get me to the table. Um, you know, walking in to this committee, uh, walking into DEI work, I told people right off the bat, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what this is. I don't know what I have to offer, but here I am. I can take notes. <laughs> um, and, you know, the the growth has been so fast and so, um, I guess I want to, I want to speak about the people that were at the table when I came and I said that, you know, there were, uh, there were people that I respected that, um, I valued their work that said, you're welcome here and you have something to add, even if you don't know what it is yet. Um, and they gave me space, they gave me safe space to, um, you figure out what DEI work is. It's big. It's a, it's big. It's really big. <laughs> it's really big, and and realizing it, it, and realizing that 
you know, it looks a little bit different for everybody. Like as an organization, we have um, goals and a direction that we're going with and topics that we discuss, but it's also something that we take home with us. You know, we find our, our passion in DEI work and find the, um, you know, that flame for a topic, I guess would be the best way to say it. And, um, and figure out what that looks for us. You said it's where our passion comes from. What do you mean by that? You know, for me, there's some there's some aspects of DEI work that are uncomfortable. Speaking about racism, speaking about color, um, speaking about privilege. You know, all of those words still um, cause me some hesitation in the conversation. I don't know how to. Um, I don't know how to engage in that conversation without being uncomfortable. It sounds like you don't have to be in a place where you're totally an expert um, to do this work and to think about what does this work really mean? What does it look like? And I heard you say that it looks different for every person. And, and some people might be really comfortable talking about privilege and others might say, I can understand privilege in this context, but I need to know more. So how do we get there? You know, when I first when I first started with Bridges, we had a training uh, during one of our staff meetings, and we were talking about uh, racism and privilege and examples of that. And I flat out said, like, none of this applies to me. I don't understand. I'm not racist, you know. And looking back on it, um, I smile um, because being around and learning, um, I do have privilege, you know, and that, um, causes, sometimes that causes unnecessary, um, shame, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, and rather than walk into DEI work feeling ashamed of, you know, who I am, um, or who I was born into, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I uh, I get to use that as a tool for advocacy. You know, um, truthfully, I have um, I have a privilege while I'm doing DEI work. Mm. You know, I have the ability to step in, and we all have that ability. We all have the ability to come to this table and talk about things that are important to us and recognize where there's work to be done, where there's inequality happening around us, where as, you know, working in this field, we, we advocate for people every day. You know, we've, we, I became a mentor by learning how to advocate for myself, Mm -hmm. bringing our skill set from mentoring and being our participants ally, um, sometimes being their voice, uh, sometimes letting them know, what their rights are, uh, what their, what they can say yes or no to, you know, um, being able to take that voice that we have already and applying it in different areas. Um, I think with DEI is it's, it's so big that sometimes it's scary. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I going to do? How is my, um, experience going to add anything useful to this conversation to this really big complicated conversation yeah. not only the conversation but then what do I do mm. right like where do I go from mm-hmm. there yeah it's huge and it's so scary it can be really really scary yeah and we um well sometimes we freeze you know 
rather than um rather than stepped into it right there's um there's a lot of power in being able to say i don't know mm. you know um sitting at a table with you know the company big wigs <laughs> Uh, sitting at a table with uh, coworkers that you respect, it's sometimes difficult to say, I don't know what that means. Um, I don't understand. You know, I've, I I remember sitting down and saying, I don't know how to pull up a podcast. Mm, it's just mm-hmm. not something I've done. And someone's saying, we should add that to the list of things to look at because there might be other people that don't know how to pull a Absolutely. podcast. And that's just a really easy example of um, being vulnerable. Our equity and inclusivity committee um, allows space, allows safe space for people to come and grow. And I think what I have found is that I came in um, with just the mission of being on a committee because it was part of my job description. I just needed to be on a committee. And so I was like, hey, I'm going to do this committee. They need a scribe. And I didn't realize that there was a flame in me. Mm. I didn't know that it was going to be fanned so much, you know. The people that um, that were there that were doing the work, um, they let me know that it was okay to, like, explore, to explore what was important. And it just happened organically. It really did. And you've stepped into it. <laughs> so much. You've, like, so stepped into so it. So much. So much. I uh, I've never had a problem uh, speaking, speaking my um, my truth. You know, um, this has become my truth. Mm. Um, you know, my like I said, um, there's areas of DEI work that I'm uncomfortable with, but there's areas in DEI work that I am very. Uh, I don't want to say comfortable, but excited about. I'm very excited about. And I see you acknowledging the discomfort, Mm. but still stepping into it and still saying, you know, I'm at a place where I don't know. Can you help me understand? And I think that's really huge. I think that's a really important part of this work to really think about how can I be uncomfortable and take shame out of it? How Mm. can I be vulnerable and know that the people that are at the table are going to support me? Because they're probably there, too, Mm. in their own way. Yeah. How do you think DEI work relates to recovery? I think when I first came into recovery, I was really scared. Um, It was this whole huge concept. It was new and I didn't know what it would look like. And I walked in with fear. Um, But I knew that... um, I knew that there would be change in a positive direction. You believed that. I believed yeah. that um, because I saw other people. I saw other people and they looked, um, they were doing the work, mm-hmm. right? I think it's just, it's just footwork and faith. That's the one like recovery slogan that I really apply to this is that you just, you show up and you be available and you just keep coming back right there's um there are times when um when i walk away from a committee meeting you know and and somebody in the committee will be like hey are you okay and i'm like i'm okay i'm just 
I just I'm processing mm-hmm. because things the conversation isn't always easy. Yeah. You know, and everybody's looking at it through a little bit of a different lens. And and what I recognize is um, that I'm not where other people are, right? There's been people that have been doing this kind of work for a really long time, and they know a lot more. They've read a lot more books. They've talked to a lot more people. And, and sometimes I just have to give myself permission to feel uncomfortable and to just know that it's okay. Um, and you're exactly where you need to be. And I'm exactly where yeah. I need to be. Yeah. What do you think some barriers are for people to engage in DEI work? That's mm. it's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Mm-hmm. What is DEI? What does that stand for? What how are we going to do diversity, equity and inclusivity? Like what does that mean? I think um and why is it important? Like why why do we take all this time to do it? Yeah. And what do I have to bring to the table? Mm. Um I think the biggest you know, I've, um, I've talked, it was me. I was the person that was like, uh, I think one of the biggest barriers is, um, for me, it was the, the realization that I could be vulnerable Mm. and that, um, that's not even it. The biggest barrier was like you said, why? Why are we taking the time? What can we do on this, on these big issues that everybody tries to fix in a certain way? Everybody talks about, you know, making a change, but how do we change everybody, right? It's, I think it's just this idea that it, it's one problem or it's one um, cause mm. when it's not. It can be broken down into so many little things. I had um, I had a conversation with someone that said, um, I don't know what I would bring to the table. Mm. I don't know where my place is. And, uh, and that's exactly where your place is, is at that table. You find your, I found my voice uh, by just coming and, and taking away some of these questions, some of these ideas, some of, um, our conversations and, you know, processing them, but not just at the meeting, but processing them at home, processing them at school, um, and seeing how this applies to everything, everything I do. How do you take DEI work back to your participants? I, uh, I, I, I was given the opportunity to go to our peer apocalypse training, um, I believe in April, and they had a a presentation about HIV and AIDS and how it affects um, how it affects our clients, how it affects our community, um, stigmas around talking about it, all of mm-hmm. it. And I realized that I had no idea about anything. I had this idea that was given to me through movies um, that was probably mid '80s. Um, you know, one, I just had, I was just really ignorant to Mm. the topic. So what I realized is that this is a really hard topic to talk about. Um, what I realized is I had, I had even considered not allowing this flame to grow because Mm. I didn't want to be 
why are you, why is this something that you're passionate about? Why are you wanting to be an, why are you talking about this? Right. And people, um, like tense up a little bit when I talk about this subject with them. And the reason that, um, that I'm passionate about it is because my, our participants, our community is affected by HIV. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, in Washington County, we're getting a needle exchange. No questions asked, no ID necessary. Just please come get free um, tools um, so that this doesn't spread. And what I know is that um, if it can, if it stays, I don't even remember the question that you asked. But what I know is that if it stays stigmatized mm. if we don't talk about it then we are not serving a, a, a population of our clients um ever since this kind of came on my radar um I've had two clients um that I've worked with disclosed to me you know and today I have the tools to have a conversation to not be stunned and uh to not react with you know, I call it ignorance. I was really ignorant to what was happening. You just didn't know. I just didn't know. Yeah. And and we can just not know and continue not knowing, or we can step in and learn something. Mm-hmm. And we can go places and ask questions and align ourselves in a direction of knowledge, right? Um, so today when, when I have these incredibly vulnerable moments with people that feel like I'm a safe space to talk to about this. Um, I have something to come back with. I have some compassionate questions rather than, um, I have some trauma informed, um, skills Mm -hmm. (laughs) in this area that, that I didn't have before. Um, and I, I recently uh, sat down and talked about this, right? I talked about this at DEI and I got really, really passionate. And, uh, and I remember like stopping and looking at the table and being like, is this DEI work? <laughs> uh, because I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And I'm really, I'm, I'm really glad that this is, this is what I'll be focusing on, at least in part. Yeah, I mean, I think we, when we think about DEI work, sometimes people think it's a very specific thing. Yes. Um, and, and a lot of the time it, it is, right? There, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that go into um, why our systems are set up the way that they are. Um, and DEI work is so expansive, and we're talking about equity, we're talking about diversity, and we're talking about being as inclusive as we can to our participants to get the best outcome for them. And I'm hearing that you said ignorance and really like for me, it's like blinders. We, we just don't know the blinders are there until we know that they're there. And that doesn't mean that we put them there. That doesn't mean we chose for them to be there, but it is a responsibility for us to address the blinders once we know that they're there. And you, it sounds like, have stepped into that. I have stepped into it. Um, It is one of the biggest rewards that I have, um, you know, I don't, 
it sounds like a broad statement, but it's one of the biggest rewards that I've gotten um, as being part of Bridges to Change mm. um, is this ability to to grow into something that really is bigger than just me. I didn't choose. I, I mean, I guess I made the decision to step into uh, to the discomfort of this conversation. Mm. Um, what I know is that um, when I'm uncomfortable, I'm growing. <laughs> yeah. We uh, and we grow through what we grow through. No, we grow through what we go through. Mm. Um, I just would have never guessed that um, that there would be so much reward um, at the end of just such a small amount of time. Um, I would have never guessed that as a person I've grown so much as um, not just not just as a mentor, but as a sponsor, as a sister, as um, a community member. I'm more willing to fail um, as I'm trying to learn. And and that's a really funny way of saying it, but the truth is is that we talked about how this isn't going to be a perfect process, that we're going to make mistakes, that and that that's okay, uh, and we're just going to keep going. And so I think when you're given permission to sit at a committee and you're given permission to make mistakes and to be wrong and maybe say the wrong thing and and there be like an understanding that you're going to be okay and you're safe and you're not judged and you're not a bad mentor or a bad employee or stupid, you know, I think there, there comes a lot of freedom in that. Mm. And, and I think that's when people can make moves. <laughs> so people can grow people can because grow. they're safe. Yeah. Yeah. And one of our, um, one of our shared agreements in the, DEI process at Bridges to Change is impact over intent. What do you think about that? Mm. I I think that's a great agreement. Um, I was there when we wrote the agreements. And I still, you know, I honestly, I still struggle with that because my intent is good. Mm. Like that is not my intention. Um, you know, we talk about we talk about times where our um, intent caused impact that was negative, right? That's a hard pill to swallow sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's also um, it's also hard because I don't believe anybody's intent is ever to hurt anyone mm. um, or to cause harm. Um, but it's a such a big it's such a big learning opportunity to have that because because it gives you awareness you know it allows you to see things through other people's lens just a little bit we can never see through other people's eyes or experience but you know when we talk about how our intent impacted someone in a negative way like for me I think for anybody it would be hard to because step step out of what your intent was and get right. into what the impact was yeah and but when you when you do that you take away something with you that I think if you recognize it and you hold on to it you can take that 
away with you for the rest of your life. Mm. It changes you a little bit. And, um, and it's hard at first. Yeah, it is hard. It's really hard to, <laughs> to step into, um, you know, the intent is important. It is. Um, but the impact is more important. Absolutely. And so how do we, how do we shift what that balance looks like and begin to step into hearing what people's experiences are. And I think it's one of the steps to taking those blinders off or at least moving them, you know, in a different direction so that we can see people a little bit differently. I think the biggest, for me, the biggest key is, uh, listening, Mm. being really present in the moment. Um, I've learned how to sometimes just just take in what's being said and not think about what I'm going to say next or what my ego is going to have me do that makes it okay um, that I acted a certain way or that I said a certain thing because, but this was my intention, right? Like I didn't mean to do this, but the truth is, is that sometimes we've already done something Mm. and we just have to own it Mm -hmm. no matter what our intention is. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, we're just so far ahead than what we already, I think, I think we know more than we know that we know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, we've, we've gotten training on trauma informed care. We work with people. Um, we listen, we have compassion. Uh, we have, we have been the marginalized demographic and, have more tools than we know Mm, so the foundation's there the foundation's there it's just it's just coming I think you know coming to the table it's bringing what you already have and figure out figuring out how to apply it to something that's not not my norm do you have to be an expert in this work or in your own awareness to be intentional about DEI I don't think there are experts Mm. in this work. Um, I don't think you ever know everything. (laughs) So uh, that's a pretty high bar. Um, Not, not at all. I think, I think the most important part of this work is showing up for it. Mm. I think the most, uh, the, the, that's, that's where it starts. It's just, it's just showing up and taking a seat and coming with an open heart, honestly, um, because we all have a heart for this. If you allow, if you allow yourself space to learn, um, you find you find your voice, mm. um, and you find how you can make an impact, or how you do make an impact daily. I am a, a self-proclaimed newbie. Um, you guys hear it from me all the time. And um, and I've grown so much just in the last three months. Um, I've found a passion. Um, I found an area that I want to grow in, and I have found um, I found a topic to bring to the table that nobody else is talking about. Yep. At least not very loudly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and I'm passionate about it. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot of conversations about things that I couldn't do anything about, mm. honestly. And and that's not what it's turned into at all. Not for me. Like, um, I'm a 
I'm a first generation immigrant, right? And so last year when, uh, and I don't consider, like that's not, you know, that's, it's part of my identity, but it's not, um, it's not a hot topic for me, right? And a couple of years ago, um, you know, immigration was a huge topic and it was talked about on the news and it was talked about over dinner. And, um, and I realized, I was like, wait a second, like I'm an immigrant, like, um, and it started to affect me. Like I had feelings around it. Um, cause you were getting messages about what that means. Right. Yeah. I, and I had this, you know, I, I grew up in the United States. Uh, I got my education here and, <sighs> And when I say education, I mean like elementary school, middle school, and high school. And I was told, you know, the land, um, the melting pot, and how everybody's welcome, and how diversity makes us stronger. And all of a sudden, immigration became a topic, and people were like, well, if you don't agree with this, go back home. And I was like, wait, though, this is technically my home, but I technically wasn't born here. And what does that mean to me? I trust the people that are doing this work in every... um, in every area. I think if you have a passion for it, you're good for it. And I think you make a great ally and a great advocate and you can propel things forward. And so I trust other people to do that. Um, yeah. I, I think we just find our passion in this. And it sounds like Throughout this process, you've been able to see ways that you both are impacted by systemic oppression Thank you. and how you benefit from the system and the way that it is in terms of privilege. Mm-hmm. And so, how, you know, I think it's, it's an interesting balance to become self-aware in so many different ways to think about what our access points are as people yeah. and how things impact us and it's really complicated. Like you said before, it has a, you know, this work has a lot that comes with it. Sylvia, what, what has it been like at Bridges for you to talk with your supervisors or talk with leaders or talk with coworkers about what you're learning in your DEI awareness? It has been a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, I didn't, I've like self-proclaimed newbie. Uh, I just always thought that my lack of knowledge would be met with judgment. Um, and that hasn't been the case. Uh, I don't know why I made that assumption because that's not how we operate around here. But um, it's been, you know, I've gotten books. <laughs> I have, I've gotten support. Being able to come from a conversation about how I'm doing personally to how that is affecting my participants uh, has allowed for this um, like professional development with my supervisor mm. that's priceless. Um, I trust my supervisor and I trust um, leadership at Bridges. How would you encourage people who are hesitant or anxious about maybe maybe coming to a committee meeting maybe talking with their coworkers. how would you encourage people to talk about DEI work please show up mm. 
just come. A carpool. Carpool with me. My understanding is that we all have something to add to this conversation. And there's an opportunity for some amazing personal growth, right? Um, you asked me earlier how recovery and DEI work kind of go hand in hand. Well, I know um, the fellowship that I'm in, you, you do some work, mm. and then it promises you a spiritual awakening, right? And so in the middle of all this work, I, uh, I just kept holding on to the, I will have a spiritual awakening, right? There, there will be it's some coming. Kind of, it's, yep. They said it's coming, it's there. And so I really, like, that's how I kind of relate to DEI work. Mm. Like, there will be growth. There will be change. There will be passion for you. There has been for me. And if it happened for me, it will most certainly happen for you, I believe. Um, what I would say is just please come. Um, we all have a voice. I didn't know what I would do at this committee. I only did what I knew how to do, and that was to be the scribe because I had done it before for other things. And just show up. I made a commitment for a year to be at this committee every month. And it sounds like it's something you you truly believe in and you found incredible value. I do. Out of. I do. And that isn't how I felt before mm. making a commitment. That is not how I felt. Um, I didn't see the value. I didn't see the value of myself in this conversation. Mm. I came to this and I said, I don't know anything. I don't know if I should be here. And, um, you know, at that point, I was sitting down with uh, three amazing women that looked at me and said, no, we need you here. Mm. You know, we need the person that says, I don't know how to pull up a podcast. And, uh, you know, and they gave me space. They gave me space um, to figure it out. And, uh, and because this is audio, uh, I'm totally tearing up right now. Why do you think that makes you feel emotional or, or tearing up? Having somebody give you space to grow. Um, and when you say, I don't think I belong, I don't think I have anything worthwhile to bring to this table. And people looking at you honestly saying you do and you need to stay and we value you uh is huge yeah it's huge and it sounds like you're able to to do that for other people yeah. <laughs> now that, I am <laughs> that you've been able to be welcomed into that space to think about how that impacts other people and and how to please bring people into these critical conversations it's it's they're hard conversations mm -hmm. um the willingness to come the willingness to say i don't know but i'm willing to learn yeah. um the willingness to disagree sometimes sometimes that starts the best conversations ever yeah. you know and knowing that uh you know it's in our it's in our guidelines like we're welcome to step away mm -hmm. and not be judged for it there's just a lot of compassion there. There's a lot of compassion to nurture that flame, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's what it all comes down to is I think that there's people at coming together that want to make a difference, you know? And 
when I came into this, my the only difference that I was going to make is I was going to just type out the minutes and I was going to send them to you guys. And that was what I was going to contribute because I didn't think I had more to contribute. And Hannah, it's been three months. I know. <laughs> I have found a passion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only have you found a passion, but you're able to contribute in a meaningful way. And, and that comes from not knowing. Yeah. That, that's the only way we can contribute is, is by not knowing and asking questions. I think what I think is so amazing about your participation is there are times where you say, yeah, I, I don't know what that means, or, or can you help me understand what you meant by this thing? And we get to be in a space where we're talking in a different way and we're, we're expanding on things we don't normally talk about, but we should talk about and we want to talk about. And I think that has led the meeting in a lot of ways for us to step into that place of not knowing and step into being vulnerable, which is a critical part of this work. I think there's a lot of people, there are people at this table that have been doing this work for years, and then there's me, and I'm like, um, so when I leave here today, I'm going to have to look up tokenizing, Mm. because I've heard it. But I probably should learn about it, right? And saying that out loud, I think, has brought this awareness to our table that there's, you know, we, we're we not all at the same place. Mm-hmm. Like, we all want to know what, I mean, I think, I think it's really cool. Yeah. I think it's really cool. And I think that, um, I think, you know, what I think about is like when, uh, when I tie my shoes in the morning, I know how to tie my shoes. Mm. And when a four-year-old's trying to tie their shoes... I have to remember that uh, they might need some help. Yeah. I might need to show them how to do it again. I might need to have a little more patience. And uh, I think that's what it's like for me walking in. It what it still is. I still don't know how to tie my shoes yet. I mean, figuratively yeah. speaking. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an amazing experience. One more benefit to, um, to this that it's just there is that I personally get to come out to our administrative office I get to see people that I normally don't get to see Um, I get to interact with other uh, programs that Bridges provides that I don't sometimes I don't even know anything about Mm. so I'm also growing as far as knowing what we do here and knowing who's doing it and building relationships and being able to take all that back with me and still be participant centered and be like hey you know i know about something somewhere let's let's connect yeah um so there's a little more to it there's always a little more to it so it sounds like it's building community in so many ways yeah yeah that's a great way to put it Sylvia, would do you want to add anything else before we end? Even thank you for inviting me to do this podcast. Um, it's given me a lot of time to reflect, mm. you know. Um, and it's just, I'm just so excited. I'm so excited to be part of this process. Just walking through that fear, mm. um, because it is big, and there are a lot of components to it which can either be looked at as scary which it is or it can be looked as an opportunity to walk into something huge with a lot of different components uh and 
and there's a lot of benefit on the other side of fear so which is what i've heard a lot of people say about recovery yeah so there's so many different connections to why this work is important and why we're sitting here today together <laughs> thank you so much for your time today i know that you you're a busy person you have uh, participants who really depend on you and and need your guidance and support so i really appreciate you taking your time well, thank you for having me <laughs>